right, guys. Today and for the next several days, we're going to be talking about repentance. And I want to begin by dispelling two common misconceptions about repentance. The first one is that repentance means that you're sorry. And the second is that every time you see repentance in the Bible, that it means to repent of your sins. The problem with these two notions is that we have multiple examples in Scripture of God repenting of things. If God had to be sorry for something, he wouldn't be God. If God had to repent of sin, he wouldn't be God. Repentance simply means to turn from going one way and to go another way. I'm going to split up these repentance videos into three parts. So make sure you're following my page so that you don't miss anything. But today we're going to begin in Acts chapter 20 and in verse 20. And it says, How I kept nothing back that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the only kind of repentance necessary for eternal salvation, repentance toward God, a turning toward God, and putting your faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. You know, to us in a Western world, that doesn't seem like a big deal, just turning to God. But all over the world, even here in America, there are people worshiping other gods, false gods. Just to name off a few of the most obvious ones, like Allah, Buddha, Vishnu, these are all false gods that have a huge following. Millions of people worship these false gods. And for those people, Repenting toward God, turning toward the one true God, will be the hardest thing they ever do in their life. But even if you don't openly worship another God, you know, maybe you're an atheist and you think, well, I don't worship anything, you're still worshiping a false God, and his name's Satan. Satan is the God of this world, he's the God of pride and of self and of every fleshly vice that you can imagine. And when you die, you'll go to be with him in his kingdom in hell instead of in God's kingdom in heaven. But Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and to trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. God doesn't want you to go to hell. His desire is that all come to live with him in heaven because he loves us. And I encourage you today that if you haven't, to turn towards him and put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now we're going to be picking up uh, with another application of repentance and we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24. And it says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to acknowledging of the truth, 
and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. These verses are talking about saved people, our brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, once you get saved, Satan knows that he's not going to get to take you to hell with him. So he does the next best thing. He tries to hinder you from doing God's work and to keep you from bringing others to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He does this in two ways. He draws you away back into the world by your own fleshly lust, and he will draw you into false doctrines to keep you from knowledge of the truth. Don't think that, God, that Satan doesn't use things that look godly to keep you from serving the true purpose of God and believing true doctrine. Now, if you see a brother or sister in Christ that's believing things that are contrary to Scripture, you are obligated to pull them aside and try to show them the truth. Why? Just because of what this verse says here, that you may help recover them out of the snare of the devil and bring them to repentance toward the truth. Repentance, like we said yesterday, means to turn away, to turn around from a false belief and turn around to true beliefs. Very few people enter Christianity having it all right. We all at some point have had to repent of beliefs and of doctrines that were not true. You know, even me, growing up in church my whole life, there are a lot of things, and I learn more and more the older I get, that are not right, and I've had to repent of those things and turn from them. But this is why we must be diligent in study and in keeping our hearts open to God's truth because you don't want to end up as one of these people who's ensnared by the devil into a false doctrine. You can end up having your heart hardened against the truth. Some people become so steeped in certain doctrines and teachings that they won't even listen. So you don't want to become that person. Be diligent in your study. Keep your heart and your mind open to God's truth and reach out to your brothers and sisters in Christ that may be in error. Help to bring them to repentance of the truth. Now, a great companion to today's video would be my other videos, Rock Hard and um, Carried by the Wind, which I did uh, pretty recently. Um, so if you want to check those out, they'll expand on this subject a little bit more. Now, so far we've talked about repentance toward God, repentance toward the truth, and today we're going to address repenting of your sins. Now, just to reiterate, repentance simply means to turn away from one thing and to turn towards something else. Now we're going to read here in Acts chapter 8, and to kind of set the stage for what we're about to read, Simon is a new disciple, and he just witnessed Peter and John performing some miracles, and he gets really excited about it, and he offers them money so that he too can have this gift. And in verse 20, But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, 
for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart might be forgiven thee. Turn from this wickedness, and pray to God for forgiveness. That ought to sound pretty familiar to most of you, uh, if you are already saved. Now, I'm going to say something that is going to be very controversial in a lot of circles, including my own, but I just don't care. And that is that repenting of sins is for the saved. It's not for the unsaved. Repenting of sins is something that takes place after you have repented toward God, after you have accepted Jesus as your Savior. Why am I saying this? Because until you know Jesus as your Savior and you've had that sealing of the Holy Spirit, you don't know how to repent of sins. When I was growing up, I used to hear um, some nonsense about that the first prayer God hears you pray is the sinner's prayer. That's hogwash. It's not in the Bible. And shame on you preachers who preach that. We're going to look at another verse that explains very well what I'm talking about. And that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 9. It says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that, sorrow, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow works repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. The people in this passage were saved too. This was a letter written to a church. It is only after you're saved that you can understand godly sorrow, that you can feel bad about sins you've committed. Before you're saved, you don't have the ability to feel bad about those things, not in a godly way, you know, not in the way of like maybe you stole something and you felt guilty about it later. That's not necessarily godly sorrow. Once you get saved, you feel sorry about sin because you've wronged God. And godly sorrow moves you to repentance. It moves you to turn away from those sins. And it's at that point you can go to God and ask for forgiveness for those things. You know, just because you get saved doesn't mean you don't ever screw up. It doesn't mean you don't ever sin again. And that's why we need God's forgiveness, why we do need godly sorrow and to work to turn from those things. You know, some people have really difficult sins that they struggle with, you know. And you have got these preachers um, from all different religions who will say, well, you've got to turn from that sin and you've got to hate your life. Um, before you can come to Jesus. Man, an unsaved person doesn't know how to do that. They don't have the ability. And if somehow they manage it, that person has got some strength of will like I've never known. You have got to come to Jesus first. Turn toward God. Accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then with His help and with the help of the Holy Spirit, then you can have godly sorrow for these things in your life 
and you can repent of them and start living a life that is God-glorifying. I hope this clears up a lot of misconceptions about repentance. Um, If you still have questions, comments, uh, you disagree, I want to hear from you. I want to see your comments, and um, I'll be happy to answer your questions. God bless you.